Welcome everybody, this is Maranatha Remnant Ministries. My name is uh, Christian Gossett. We just got done with worship. Uh, Spirit Breakout by Jeremy Riddle. Um, he's part of Bethel and um, it was just amazing. We we were actually like in the flow of the spirit when we were worshiping right now. And I really didn't want to stop. But for the sake of time and I guess, you know, everyone else that wants to hear the word, we, we want to preach the word too, right? But like I said, I kind of almost regret not being in worship longer because his presence was building up in this place. His glory was filling this place. And God says, I inhabit the praise of my people, right? Mm -hmm. So um, anyways, just want to welcome everybody from different platforms um, on YouTube, on Instagram, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you guys are listening. God bless you guys. You are welcome here. You know, um, Currently, we're reaching 35 nations around the world, and we're continuously pressing in for the kingdom of God and spreading his word throughout all the land. So um, thank you guys for joining in. I really appreciate it. It's a humbling experience to preach the word of God on a daily basis. Um, but anyways, does anyone have any prayer, um, not prayer, but any testimonies or any praise reports they would like to share? That's good. I like that. That's powerful. Yeah, and then while I was there, I looked up, um, I looked up Bible quotes to declare, and one quote I got was in Second Corinthians one, three to four. I mean, three through four, and one of the sentences in those was, "He comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort others, and it made me realize, you know, I'm just going through this, so I can help someone else who's yeah. in that That's good. Can I even get them out?" That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you for sharing, Cynthia. That's powerful. Because you don't realize how many people deal with that stuff. And, you know, I was even reading, like, the verse of the day in the Bible app. It says to carry your brother's burden. Just like with Christ. You know what I mean? Because sometimes the burden's so heavy. But if you have someone come up and help you, or if you're going through it, you can help somebody else that's been in that situation. So thank you for sharing. That was very, very good. And thank you for the word. You shared a scripture. I love the word. So, yes. Um, so I wanted to share that um, me and my husband misbudgeted a little bit this week. And um, we're on a very strict savings routine. And it has presented some challenges. And this week, we were looking at our bank account on Monday. And we were like, oh my gosh. What are we going to do? Like, we're like... Okay, we have gas, we have food, we're fine. Like, don't spend any money. Yeah. It was really, really... It was super never low. happened, but it's because my car insurance, like, was on the date of the weekend, so it didn't come out until, like, a later date. And, um, but my God supplies all of my needs. Mm -hmm. So, um, that same day that I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And we're like, we'll just pray, everything is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we'll pray, we'll put the blood of Jesus over it, and then we got blessed. Come and on. we got money. So. Like, right when we needed it. Like, we wow. needed it, like, so because we... our scripture about, like, and my God shall supply all of my needs according to his yeah. riches and glory in Christ Jesus, like, really is true. Yeah, like, Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Yes. something we've been standing on. And it was really cool. Absolutely. And to see God move so quickly. He's the God of all sufficiency. And he supplies, it says, you know... Um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. And I literally was in my bed, and I was like, God, I looked at my bacon account, I'm like, God, you have to show up. Like, I, I'm not going to be moved by it. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. And literally that day, I got money yeah. for us to live throughout the whole week. So, yeah. thank God. More than the story. Go for it. Um, Holy Spirit just brought it to my remembrance, and Ian might be able to help me out. 
Pastor um, David talked about it yesterday. He said that he was praying for, um, when he first started the church, he was praying for a keyboard. And it was like two years out, and he's like, God, like, why? What am I doing wrong? And God said, worship me, right? Is that what he said, yeah. worship me? Mm -hmm. So he got in his room, he started worshiping, worshiping. He thought he was in there like a few minutes or 30 minutes, but he ended up being there three hours. Oh. So when he got out of his room, he looked at his phone, and the first message was like, God put it on my heart today, just within this hour, to buy the church a keyboard. Come on. Uh, Glory to God. Another message, same message, another person said, God put it on my heart to buy the church a keyboard. Wow. So there was multiple offers? Yes. Wow. He waited two years. It's all like this long. Wow. Thank him. And I thought that was powerful. That really impacted me when you shared that. Yes. So maybe someone needs to hear it because I know I did. No, that's amazing that you said that because I've been in this place where God's like, worship me. Like sometimes I just go into my secret place and just pray or read my word and pray. But for, sometimes I just don't worship him. And not even like following an actual like, like following an actual worship song and singing along with it. He just wants an authentic song right. of worship from my heart and express my admiration towards him. So that's amazing. Yeah, true worship. Thank you for sharing that. Does anybody else have anything? Well, I have two things. So this past weekend, the Lord called me for a three-day fast. So I fasted for three days, no food, just water, and like one cup of coffee per day. Um, <laughs> it was tough. It was a hot. It was a hot weekend. There's a lot of food around me, a lot of temptation, but God made a way where I can overcome. But the thing is, if God leads you to do something, there's obviously a purpose towards it, and. It's not only beneficial for you, but it's beneficial for other people, too, mm -hmm. of your obedience. So anyways, I was praying, and I'm like, God, I, I've been praying about certain situations, about my finances, about Maranatha Remnant Ministries, about my job, about certain obstacles I'm going through. And God literally just, like, answered each prayer that I was asking for. And I'm still waiting on a couple more answers. But I thank God for what I've received from him. But the thing is, when we get called to do these fasts and pray, there's also an anointing that increases in you. Because all that gunk gets out of you, like the world, your flesh, your carnality, you die to it, that you actually are more tangible in the spirit that you notice, but also other people notice when you get around them. So anyways, there is this couple that I wanted to pray for at church. And they needed a financial breakthrough. And they also were looking for healing in their body. So I was part of the altar team at Covenant. And I started feeling the, the compassion of the Lord on me. I don't, it's like a new thing. Like God has shared with me people's burdens. And I'm able to relate to them. Because you know how we can pray for someone, but we don't feel what they're feeling. Because we're disconnected from it. But when we're in the spirit... The spirit connects with what they're going through mm -hmm. and he gives you a glimpse so that you can really almost pray effectively, right? Mm -hmm. Pray effectively. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And what I was saying was, um, so they came and I started praying for the guy and he's like, he's wobbling. He's like wobbling. And then I said, well, I said, bring your, bring your wife too. You guys need to come in agreement. Because he needs to set up, he needs money for his business. He needs to come up with an, uh, a proposal to his team in a couple days. So anyways, I said, come here. So I'm going to lay my hands on you. The power of God's going to just come upon you. That anointing's going to break every yoke of bondage. Mm -hmm. So I laid my hands on him. The woman falls out, like just completely falls out in the spirit. The dude starts to like shake and... And I don't know, like, God told me to, like, like blow on them with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And they totally got, totally rocked, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we can transfer the power of the Holy Spirit by laying on of hands. Mm -hmm. So I want to tell you that how powerful it is when we lay hands on people. Mm -hmm. 
you transfer something. You can transfer the anointing. You can transfer breakthrough. You can transfer the power of God to come in their life. And uh, this is their um, what they shared with me. Literally a couple hours later, I prayed for this couple at church. And this is their words. I'm going to read it just how they wrote it. They said, thank you for praying over us today. I have to tell you that both Debbie and I have changed since this morning at church. She's feeling better. I've never felt so calm and in control of myself as I am now. We came home and God wrote my presentation for next week in an hour. This, this is something that usually takes a couple of days. We both claim our new personas in the Lord. Now, the thing is, it's not me that did it. But it was me as my obedience to do it. As a vessel. Anyways, they totally got rocked. And then I also felt like there's another thing I had to do during this fast. So we went to go see this baby in the ICU. And I can't tell you how moved of God. I mean, I was crying. I was crying so, like, uncontrollably. I couldn't help it. But it was not, like, because I was sad for the baby because I had so much compassion and love. I could feel the love of God just come on me. Like, a, like just, it, like, it just... The Spirit of the Lord came upon me. And I seen that baby and I looked at him and it was like, it was just so precious. It was so beautiful. And I looked at him and I was about to pray for him. And he looks on my left hand corner and he smiles. Like he's looking at something like right here. So I'm like, okay, there's someone's here with me. Because he's seeing something. I can't see. He's only a month old. You know what I mean? There's I don't know if you ever seen like where kids are real sensitive to the spirit and they're little kids, they see stuff. So I don't know what he saw. But he smiled at it, and he was happy to see it. And it was so bizarre, because when I prayed for the baby, the, I felt like the baby was receiving it. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing. Like, he was open. Like, he didn't cry when I touched him. He was just like, 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 I, I, I never, yeah, like, Chelsea was there. Like, he was so comfortable that I was there and praying for him. So what I did was I started praying for him that he would be healed in Jesus' name. And I started to pray for a cloth that the anointing would come upon him and that any unclean spirit would leave and get out and he'd be healed in Jesus' name. So, and we're able to give donations from the church to that, that place. But what I want to share with you is that that baby had 20 tubes in his, like all over connected to him, right? Mm-hmm. But a month later when we came, just last Sunday, he only had one tube. And it was just a feeding tube. And it was just a feeding tube. And then the doctor said to her, she's, he's like, I don't understand how fast this baby has uh, recovered and got healed. Like, this is, this is like, he, he said it must be a miracle. This is the word of the doctor. But guess who's the miracle worker? Jesus. He's the healer. And we prayed for him. And his scar that got cut open, it healed, like, perfectly. I mean, I can't tell you, like, this baby was in, cro- like, critical condition his intestines are all the way up to his chest his one lug one lug uh one lug uh, excuse me not one lug one lung is open the other one is not even developed so we prayed brand new everything in that baby so i am looking forward to another testimony that he's gonna be 100 healed but from a month to there the doctor even said this must be a miracle your god must be working that's what he said that's what he said Glory to God, this is a doctor. So, anyways, I just want to share that with you guys, that we do have a miracle working God. Do you have anything to share? No, I just give me Okay. All right. Well, if that is it, I want to jump in prayer, and then we're going to jump into today's word. All right, just come in agreement with me. Father God, we just thank you for today, and we thank you, Lord God, that let your presence be known in this place. Any type of distractions, disruptions, or confusion would leave right now in Jesus' name. I claim dominion over this place. I have the power and authority through the Lord Jesus Christ. And all and on to the great commission, Lord God, we will do your work today. Lord God, we ask you that you would bring people from the south, the north, the east, the west, Lord God, all across your world, your earth, to hear the word and to hear it in the future, Lord God, that you'd bless them. That you'd show them that you are the one true living God. That you are the God of miracles. You are the God of wonders. You are the God that makes all things new. And restores all things. 
But I believe, Lord God, you're starting something new today. Father, I ask you that you would have each and every person here and every person that's listening online, that they would have an open heart to hear you today. They would have opened eyes spiritually to see you today. They would have open ears to hear your word and to receive it. And that, that Lord God, you would, rebuke, you would rebuke the devourer, Lord God, from stealing the word. But it would fall on fertile soil and it would grow into a righteous mighty tree. And that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him today. That the eyes of understanding would be enlightened to know the hope of his calling. That you may know the riches and glory that are inheritance in the saints. That you know the exceeding greatness of his power towards them that believe. His mighty working power, which he worked in Christ, which raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the Father. In heavenly places, far above all principality, might, and dominion, and named his name above every other name, not only in this age, but also which is to come. That, Father, you've made Jesus the head of all things and subject everything under his feet. That, Jesus, you are the head of the church, your body, which you fulfill all in all. Holy Spirit, come, have your way. And, Father, we give the glory, honor, and power, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen, amen. So today's title... Um, it's pretty interesting. But today's title, if you guys are taking notes, if you guys want to write it down. Today's title is The Persecution of the Church. And that all Christians are called to evangelize. The persecution of the church. And all Christians are called to evangelize. Now... I was watching a, a YouTube video from Isaiah Salvador this morning, and it was talking about the persecution of the church. Um, there was two women that are in the underground churches in Iran, and they were examining, but also mentioning how our president, Joe Biden, made a speech just recently. And they were they were correlating that that speech is similar to the speech that was given in Iran two years ago about democracy, about um, how, you know, the Republicans, Magna or Magma or whatever it's called, um, are against democracy. They're against our freedoms. They're trying to take over. They're bad people. And really... We just stand for justice. You know what I mean? As Christians, we stand for justice because our God is the judge. He's just. And, you know, we're against abortion. We're against homosexuality. We're against all sin. Let's just be fair. We're against all sin, right? It's not one sin is greater than the other. It's sin in God's eyes. And we're also against, you know, dictators that are trying to take our freedoms too. You know I mean, that we had to conform, right? It says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is that is good, acceptable, acceptable in the perfect will of God? So the thing is, anyways, these Iranian women said, persecution is coming to the church in the West. Because how your president gave that speech, that's how our president Iran gave that speech. And two years later, now we have to go to church underground. So it's coming. And it's coming. And they're saying that, be ready. It's coming. God showed us, and now we're warning you. So the thing is why I'm sharing this with you, because we are the body. We're the church. It's not an actual, like, people are going to come against these walls. They're going to come against you. They're going to come against you. And the thing is, if you're not sold out now, you're not going to be sold out when you're persecuted. If you're not fasting and praying now, you're not going to do it when you're persecuted. If you're not sharing your faith now, you're not going to do it when you get persecuted. And the thing is, I know this might be a tough pill to swallow, but as the body of Christ, I have to teach what God's put on my heart and why I have to preach what God's given to me. So before I jump into that, I want to go to Philippians chapter two. And Philipp yes, sir. Yeah, I heard, a, I heard a quote that said, most, most Christians mm -hmm. couldn't survive in other countries. Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, because the thing is, you're either going to submit or you're not. Yeah, the person was saying he was like, most Christians couldn't survive in other countries because yeah. when you would go to another country, yeah. it would snip you out whether you're real or not. Wow. If you were about it, 
Yeah. Then you can survive. But if you're not about it, if you're not sold out, you wouldn't survive. Like they would need you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You're totally right. So Philippians chapter 2, I'm not going to go over the whole chapter. I'm going to go through sections. But why the Lord has me going this way and then going another way Mm -hmm. is that we need to have the character of the church. Mm -hmm. We need to have the character of being the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. Right? We're not some adulterous whore to Jesus. We are the perfect, blameless, spotless bride of Christ. And this is what the Lord told me, and I thought this was so powerful. Um, He says, the church is not going to get persecuted if it acts like the world. It's only going to get persecuted if it represents Christ. Do you hear that? The church is not going to get persecuted if it acts like the world. Like we see these mega churches. We see these churches that conform to worldly standards. I mean, I can't tell you how many, like, churches will probably celebrate Halloween this year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you bring that up with the Lord. But that's my personal conviction. But the thing is, we're only going to get persecuted if we represent Christ. Like Kevin said, they're going to sniff us out if we're the real deal or not. They're going to be like, oh, is he Holy Spirit filled? Or he's just, like, saying he's just a Christian and he's been saved and water and dunked in water, but... He goes to the clubs and gets champagne poppied on and, and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You say that, uh, that you got witches and all these people out there that do like black magic and everything and different kinds of, you know, evil, demonic things out there. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, it's the minute you step foot on their territory yeah. and you're not about it, yeah. you're done. You're done. You're done. So why I'm sharing this is because we have to to step into our identity. We have to step into the character that God's created us to be, right? We're no longer these old people that have died, right? What I mean by that, we were spiritually dead, but now we're spiritually alive. Mm -hmm. So don't go to something that's dead. Go to something that's alive. And you're alive in Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Christ in you is the hope of glory. So let me, let's let's jump to Philippians chapter 2, okay? Starting from the top. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. That is our description as a church and how we should be. It says be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, being of one mind. There's too many churches out here that are separated and divided. Mm-hmm. But see, the true body of Christ is still intact. Don't matter about the denomination. If you're a true Christian, you're truly part of the bride of Christ. You are the body of Christ. You are the embodiment of Jesus here on the earth. Think about that. You're in the embodiment of Jesus here on the earth. So... Then it continues on. This is the characteristics not to have. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but loneliness of mind. Let each steam others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. It's like what Cynthia said. Like taking the the, the thought and, and actually caring for other people's interests besides yourself. Is, is thinking of people better than yourself. That's how you stay in that humble state of mind. That's how you stay in true humility. But the thing is, we have to represent the Lord in everything we do. In everything that we say, in everything that we hear, in everything that we see, we have to make sure it aligns with Christ, mm-hmm. with the word of God. That's how you can always tell. You want to hear God's voice? Read his word. Read his word. Because if you read his word, you're going to start understanding his voice. You're going to start uh, extending, uh, understanding his character, his, his nature, his, um, how the way he talks to you. Because I had something happen to me today that I was like, wait, Lord, that sounded a lot like you, but that wasn't you. And what was that, Holy Spirit? Tell me what that was. That was a familiar spirit trying to tell me something. 
He identified it. He said, that was a familiar spirit trying to deceive you. And I could tell, but if I didn't spend enough time with him, I wouldn't be able to distinguish what's him and what's not him. Okay. Now we're going to go and jump to the same chapter, but now we're going to go to verse 12. Okay. This is being light bearers. This is what the church is supposed to be representing here on the earth. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. So this is Paul talking about how he goes to these places and they would act a certain way, right? When his presence is there. But now it's like, okay, I'm gone. And this is how you're acting even more so. But now he's telling you, this is what you should be doing. <clears throat> Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What does that mean, Christian? Does that mean fear God and be scared all the time? No, it's, it's talking about reverence, honoring God respecting God, keeping his laws and commandments in your heart, and obeying them. That's what Paul was saying in uh, the book of Philippians chapter 2. And trembling, what trembling means is don't get to a place where you're hearing God correct you, or you're hearing God steering you in a different direction, and you keep pushing it off, you keep putting it under the rug, and you keep not obeying the conviction that God's putting on your heart. Because that what happens is you get jaded you get so callous that trembling goes away you don't care no more mm -hmm. and you just live your life frivolously mm -hmm. how you want it you know the lord was telling me is that to be a true christian is a sacrifice mm -hmm. and why what we're not promised this easy going life mm -hmm. as a christian as a, be, a believer and a follower of jesus jesus said pick up your cross and follow me and then, pretty much paraphrasing, Jesus says, if you don't, you're not worthy of me. You're not worthy of me. That's what he says. So we have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. You know what makes you a Christian? You have a cross. You have a cross that you carry every day. You don't see it, but it's a spiritual cross you're carrying every day for the Lord. And it shows who you really are in Christ. Okay. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Let's re I want you to repeat that with me, guys. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, what does that mean? God's working in you. God's working in you. God's working in you, you, and you. Not for your will but for his will to be done. Not for your pleasure, but his good pleasure to be done in you. See, the thing is, if we let God do his will and his good pleasure in us, we're going to be successful. Right. We're going to be the true body of Christ and church that we are. And I'm, I'm going to start really making this a confession in my life. For it is God who works in me. Both to will. Make it personal. For it is God who works in me both to do his will and to do for his good pleasure. So think about that. God, you're working in my life for your will and your good pleasure to be done on the earth, Lord God. I thank you that you're leading me into all truth. I thank you that your grace is shining upon me today. I thank you that your mercies are new each and every morning. This is how we can come to God. And when we come in that place, a true Christian prays like that. Now, I'm not saying how I'm praying. A, a true Christian comes in confidence in prayer to God. Yeah. Not arrogance, confidence. Yeah. Confidence saying, God, I come boldly into the throne room of grace to, to obtain mercy and grace in a time of need or help. Because I'm really having faith and be like, God, I trust you. I know you're going to get me out of this. God, I know that you're going to see me through. I know that you're working your will and your good pleasure in my life. Yeah. Verse 14. 14. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. We're supposed to shine our light before all men. By our good works may glorify, glorify our Father in heaven. And the thing is, we're supposed to look different 
from a perverse, wicked generation. That's what the Lord was telling me. He says the church is not going to get persecuted if it acts like the world. It's only going to get persecuted if it represents me. Everyone hated Jesus. The whole town was trying to push Jesus off a cliff. Do you remember that? And he just walked in the midst of them because he said, it's not my time. It's not my time. So the thing is, if we want to be true children of God, we have to be blameless, harmless, without complaining or disputing, and shine our lights upon all the world. That we can glorify our Father in heaven. That we can really seek the kingdom and his righteousness, and all things shall be added unto us. This is what I want to explain to you guys, that we are the light of the world. Let us illuminate everywhere we go. Now, you might not be called to the fivefold ministry, but you are all called to do an evangelistic work. What does that mean? To tell people about the good news of the gospel. To show them that salvation is for today. Today is the day of salvation. Right? And and to show them that healing is today because Jesus is the healer. To show them that there is freedom. For wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom. Show them that deliverance is for today, that you can be delivered from your addictions, your bondages, whatever holds you back, any darkness that comes. It says that you've been transitioned from the kingdom of darkness, transitioned into the kingdom of lights. Yep, that's right. With the Father of lights. That's right. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Verse 16, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Now, what is the word of life? This right here. The word that I hold right here. God's breathed upon word. Guess who the author of the word is? Jesus. Guess who is the word in the flesh? Jesus. Guess who's the author and finisher of our faith? Jesus. And the thing is, it's saying that if you keep the word of life in you, hold fast to it. Because Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for his bride. He's not coming for a whore. He's not coming for an adulterous church. He's coming for a spotless, blameless, holy bride. That he's going to be like, this is my beloved. This is my beloved bride that I've been waiting for all eternity for. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, it says that when you would rejoice in that day of Christ, not to run in vain or labored in vain. I'm asking the Lord in my prayer, my secret time, God, help me. To not run my course in vain. Help me not to fast in vain. Help me not to pray in vain. Help me not to minister the gospel in vain. I haven't told the Lord, I said, God, please don't rebuke me when I'm in front of you. Please don't say, hey, you worker of iniquity, get out of here. I never knew you. Lord, know me now. Lord, help me to know you now. And that's been my, my heart cry. I've been crying to God in a place with my soul saying, God, please, please Prepare my heart. Lord, help me to stay on the right path. Lord, help me to run this, uh, this race of life in faith with endurance, agility, and tenacity. Not to quit, not to give up, but to hold on to the word of life steadfast and close to my heart. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to hold on to. Verse 17, yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you also be glad and rejoice with me. So you got to think when we're ministering the gospel, we're, we're giving people a sacrifice. What that means is you're being poured out in the service of your faith for those people. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then what's going to happen is that you're going to rejoice with them because they're going to be set free. They're going to be delivered. God never said to make converts. He said to make disciples. He said make fishers of men, that they would disciple the nations, right? Let's go to Acts chapter 8. Is that making sense? Is everything good? Anyone who have questions? Acts chapter 8. Oh, glory to God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. Well, I like what um, Pastor Carmen said. Remember, he said that um, 
to be a son is greater than the fivefold ministry. Absolutely. And that's what we are all. We're all sons. Sons and daughters. Yeah. Yeah. Sons and daughters. Yes. Um, absolutely. Mm. The Lord is so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I feel like God was saying this too. He said, I believe it's not just for me, but for the body. He said, blessed are those who are faithful for the call. I will rise them up in the last days, says the Lord. Whoever is faithful to answer the call of the Lord, he will rise you up in these last days. Don't matter the circumstance. Don't matter what nation you're in. Don't matter your, uh, your financial needs. Doesn't matter about your health. If you are faithful to the call that God has placed upon your life, he will rise you up. I even say, God, rise up and defend your people. Rise up against my enemies, Father. Now, I'm not talking about flesh and blood. I'm talking about demonic forces, principalities, and Satan himself trying to come against me and my family and my ministry. That's what I'm saying. God, rise and defend me, O great defender, O great redeemer. Okay, Acts chapter 8. So I'm going to give you a, a little bit of a synopsis. So the previous chapter, Acts chapter 7, Stephen is the first martyr that gets stoned for his faith. They took him out of the synagogue. He preached the gospel and said, Jesus is the Messiah, the Yeshua HaMashiach. And they said, stone him. And guess who was there that authorized that stoning? Saul. Bingo, Saul. So they stoned Stephen. And that's when Stephen saw the, the heavens rip open and saw God the Father, and Jesus stood up. Now you got to think, it says Jesus is seated at the right hand. Seated. He stood up for Stephen because he was the first one to give his life for the kingdom. Isn't that amazing? Jesus stood up for that. I want Jesus to stand up for me when I come. I want Jesus to pick me up in the chariot of fire. <laughs> when, I go, when I go... I can dream. <laughs> I can pray. <laughs> right? Um, but anyways, let's go to... So this is what happened. Stephen just got martyred for his faith. Now Saul persecutes the church. Now Saul was consenting to his death. Stephen's. At that time, great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And the devout men carried Stephen to his burial and, and made great lamentation over him. Now you got to think, Jesus died. People are getting filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost. And now there's a threat. There's a threat to Satan's camp. That these are real deal Christians. Mm -hmm. And if we let them go, they're going to change the world. So what do we do? We kill them. We persecute them. Mm -hmm. We shut them up, get them so scared that they won't share their faith. We'll make Stephen an example. We'll stone him in front of everybody to make sure, hey, if you preach about Jesus, this is what's going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. That's what they did. Verse 3, as for Saul, he made havoc of church. Saul made a havoc of the church, he said. Entering every house, dragging them off, men and women, committing them to prison. Now imagine that. If our society right now, we're preaching right here. And a bunch of police officers come and start hitting us and pulling us out and throwing us in prison. Who's going to stay here? Who's going to fight? <laughs> Who's going to be... Lord, not thy will, but your will be done. Lord, I trust in you with my whole heart. I won't lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways, I'll acknowledge your will, and you shall direct my paths. Because guess what? God can break the walls of the prisons. We know that. Yeah. We just sing and we worship. 
And we worship until those walls fall down, right? We give glory to the king because forever he's lifted high. He's seated at the right hand of the Father right now, right now. Therefore, okay. <clears throat> Christ is preached in Samaria. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. The church that's getting persecuted, dragged out of their own homes and thrown into prison. And one of their fellow, fellow members of their church, fellow brothers in Christ, just got stoned. Mm-hmm. And they said, therefore, they went and scattered everywhere, but preaching the word everywhere they went. It only made the church grow more. It only created more boldness. It only created more fire and zeal in them. That this is a real thing. Why would we get persecuted if it was fake? Remember when you said when you were sharing the gospel, you felt this strength come in you? This boldness? Well, that's what happened to them, but probably even ten times more. Because you ain't getting rock stone at you or hit because of what you believe in. Okay. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria. So Philip, that we know, is an evangelist. He's like the first evangelist, Philip. But I want to share the definition of persecution. Persecution, D in the Greek is dio magos, dio excuse me, diogemos, diogemos. Persecution is the hatred and affliction that follows the witness and holy life of God's people in a hostile world. Did you hear that, mm-hmm. man? Jesus taught that God's prophets always face persecution. So his disciples, excuse me, so his disciples should expect the same. So when you become a disciple of Jesus, be ready to face persecution. Mm-hmm. Be ready to face that people don't agree with you or they hate you or they think it's a hate speech or they think that what you believe is wrong and they spit at you and they yell at you and they angry at you and throw things at you. Mm-hmm. I've had some of that stuff happen to me. Not all of it, but I've had some stuff happen to me. Mm-hmm. But God always comes through, guys. The early Christians saw the persecution of Jesus' followers as a participation in his redemptive suffering, filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ. The idea of coming Messiah held that the suffering of God's people was part of the coming of the kingdom. Evidence that a person is truly one of God's own. Do you hear that? So facing persecution makes you of God's own. Therefore, they are blessed and should rejoice and glorify God. The word is also used in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4, and 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. Now think about that. We're supposed to count it joy and blessed that we get to serve and preach the gospel for the kingdom. And we get to share and preach the word to all the nations. That we get to do the great commission. That we get to cast out demons. That we get to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That we get to raise the dead back to life. That we get to lay hands on the lepers and they shall be cleansed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Okay, let's go back to verse 5. Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip. And hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Do you see that? There was miracles and signs and wonders following the preaching of Philip. That means that he was really preaching the word correctly. Mm-hmm. And that's what the body of Christ needs to do. We need to preach the gospel where we see miracles, signs, and wonders to confirm are we preaching correctly? Mm-hmm. Are we preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ? And not some watered down, sugar coated, gummy bear gospel. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is what the church, the definition of the church is. Ekklesia, that's the Greek for the church. Ekklesia, used in secular Greek for an assembly of citizens and in the septu—I don't know what that is, for the congregation of Israel. The New Testament uses the word in a former sense and in the, la- in the latter sense. The dominant use it in the New Testament is to describe an assembly of company of Christians in the following ways. 
the whole body of Christians, a local church constituting a company of Christians gathering for worship, sharing, teaching, and, the, and churches and district. Others related terms as a spiritual house, a chosen race, and God's people. The survival of the Christian church against all its opponents is assured in Jesus' words from Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Glory to God. Ecclesiastic, ecclesiastical. Now think about that. We are a spiritual house. We are God's chosen people. We are the church that is set upon the rock, set upon Jesus, and the gate of Hades will not prevail against it. You can have all the demonic forces of hell. You can have all the principalities and mights and dominions of the darkness come against us, and it will not prevail in Jesus' name. It won't prevail. Glory to God. Verse 7. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. Did you hear that? When there's deliverance of the preaching of the gospel, there's great joy in the city. I'm praying that there's revival in our city. In Mesa. Yes. I'm praying that there's revival in Arizona. I'm praying that there's revival in the United States. I'm praying that there's revival in the whole world that would know Christ and know the power of it. Yes. That unclean spirits would leave, that the paralyzed would walk, and there'd be great joy and shouting to God the Father yes. for how holy He is. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I think that's all I have for you guys today. I know this is, might be short, but it was to the point where we are the church. We are the bride. And as us, we are here to evangelize. Mm-hmm. We're here to share the gospel to every creature. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to share the gospel at your workplace. Don't be, shared, don't be afraid to share the gospel at your school. Don't be afraid to share the gospel at a grocery store, at a gym, at at a local gathering, at a sport event. We are here to show them and tell them about the good news of the gospel. Tell them that Jesus Christ is coming on his way. We don't want anyone to perish. All our family members, our friends, our co-workers, they need to hear the good news. And this church, the beginning of this church, they were scattered, but they preached the gospel everywhere they go. We're here to shine a light. We're here to be the light of the world for people. And the thing is, is that if we don't step out of our comfort zone, the comforter can't come and help you, the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is what takes people and convicts them to the Father and brings them to the Father. And the thing is, we have to be yielded to Him. And once we're yielded to Him, we can share the good news with people. Now, don't think of it as, you know, a task. Think of it as... Man, I'm going to extend the love of Christ to someone. I'm going to show them the power of God. I'm going to show them that healing's for today. I'm going to show them that Jesus is on his way. Because even the whole world is groaning in birth pains, waiting for the sons of God to reveal themselves. And those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And the thing is, we have an outreach this weekend. And I ask you guys on the other side and here. Pray for that outreach that we get to preach the gospel to the poor. We get to lay hands on the sick and they shall be recovered. We're going to cast out demons in his name. We're going to raise the dead back to life. And we're going to see the lepers cleanse. Because guess what? We are the church. We are the body of Christ. We're the ones that can do this. But it's through Jesus. And why I'm sharing this is because I want to stir you guys' faith. Don't be discouraged. Don't feel weak. We've not been given the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. We have been given authority and power to trample over the serpent and the scorpion and all the demonic forces in hell. There's no demon that can take me because I have the greater one living in me. Glory to God. And why I'm sharing this with you because you got the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that's quickening your mortal body. 
So glory to God. Father, we just come now in agreement. We thank you that your word has been spoken. Lord God, accompany, accompany it with, Lord God, with miracle signs and wonders, Lord God. We pray that people would, they would experience deliverance today. They experience freedom today. They experience healing today. They experience salvation. And if you don't know Christ on the other side, make him your Lord and your Savior. Cry out to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, save me. I believe you as the Son of God. I believe you died and rose again. And I believe that you are sitting at the right hand of the Father. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I'm, I give you my life. I surrender. It's simple as that, guys. In Jesus' name. Because you know what? That's good, Lord. When Jesus was dying on the cross, you remember the two robbers that were on each side? One rejected and one accepted. And he says, Lord, remember me on this day when you enter your kingdom. And what did Jesus say? This day, you will be with me in paradise. Now that dude didn't go to church. That dude didn't get water baptized. That dude didn't get filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. That dude um, was a sinner. But he came in surrenderance of heart, a contrite spirit, and says, Jesus, remember me, save me. And Jesus said, on that day, you will be with me in paradise. Now, I encourage you to do all of it because you want to be a strong Christian. Right. You got to implement those things because you want to be the true body of Christ. But I'm telling you, it's simple to call upon the Lord. Yep. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 8, I believe, it says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, call upon him. Build that relationship with him. I'm speaking to anybody that's out there. I feel that there's brokenness in your life and, and there's been so much turmoil and pain and, and how can God save me? God is greater than your circumstance. God is greater than your problems. God is greater than all you can think of or imagine. He makes all things new. He restores all things and he will make you a new creation in Christ where all old things pass away, all things become new. So Lord God, we thank you. For this group of people. We thank you for everyone that's listening. We thank you that your word has been preached. So Lord God I ask you to use me right now. If anyone needs healing. I keep hearing in my spirit. That someone suffered. Through a car wreck. And I'm envisioning someone's neck. Like it got almost. Like whiplashed. When they were in a car accident. If you receive it in faith. It'll be yours. I command that neck to be healed whole in Jesus' name. Full mobility, full restoration. Brand new vertebrae, Lord. Any type of pressure headaches or headaches that happen from that car accident. I command full wholeness right now. Spirit of infirmity, leave them now in Jesus' name. Be healed and whole by the blood of Jesus. I also hear a soccer accident. Like a torn meniscus. Someone tore their their leg, their meniscus when they're playing soccer. If you believe it right now and receive it, knee be healed whole. Brand new meniscus, Lord. Let the power of God be upon you right now. For the Holy Spirit's omnipresent. It can be anywhere at once. He's no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for another. Jesus, by the blood, your precious blood, let that knee be healed in Jesus' name wholeness and full mobility no more popping no more cracking no more pain when they walk full restoration in jesus name amen anything else lord is anybody else dealing with pain in their body right now anything they need healing for this very moment if not we can pray offline thank you for everybody that attended thank you for showing and thank you that um you heard the word today. You got to thank God for that. Some people don't get to hear the word. And uh, we thank everyone from Instagram Live. We thank everyone from YouTube and all the other platforms. God bless you. He loves you so much. Build that relationship with Jesus. Because we will get persecuted one day. Yep. But guess what? It says the sufferings of this world will not be anything compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. Yep. The sufferings of this present time will not, will not be anything compared to the glory that will be revealed in us one day. So don't give up in faith. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. God bless you and God be with you. In Jesus' name, amen.